<laughs> Yay! Um, really excited about the project that the kids have going on today. Uh, and it's, construction is a wonderful metaphor for my life, um, just because I grew up in a home that was under construction from the age of 12 on. So uh, with that... Uh, I wanted to share a bit about that experience, too, because it was, I got to say, it was pretty awesome um, to be a teenager, to have my dad come and give um, his vision and his dream for this home that he wanted to create for our family as our family was growing. There were five of us, and um, he just, it was his passion. It was his heart. So he drew those plans out, and, you know, I was doubting if it was ever going to take place, but then the day came where he brought, we had a family meeting, and it wasn't to announce that another child was on the way. Um, It was a different kind of family meeting. We had a lot of those. (laughs) So the family meeting, he rolled out the plans and the blueprints in front of us, and we finally got a glimpse of what this home was going to look like. And I started getting really excited because I was going to have a bedroom in the back with raised, exposed beam ceilings. I was going to have my own bathroom, which was going to be amazing for a teenage girl. I was going to have sliding glass doors. I went out to a patio. It was just phenomenal. I was so excited about the large kitchen. I was thinking about the parties we could have. And then my dad goes in to start explaining, and the walls are going to have to start coming down, and we're going to be taking off this, this part of the house here, and the roof is all going to have to come off. Oh, and by the way, Laura, there's going to be a big trench that has to go right down the center of the house, and actually it goes right through your existing room. So you're the first one who's going to lose their space. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went off on vacation. My, friend, my family sent me off vacation. I came home, and I come back to my room being gone, all my stuff boxed up, and literally a, tr- a trench all the way down the center of our house with boards on top of it. And we had little ones around the house, and it was my job to make sure that those little ones did not fall into that trench. So it was, it was a mess. Um, I wanted to show you some pictures just so you kind of realize this really did happen, but I didn't want to embarrass myself, so I decided to embarrass my friend. Um, <laughs> this is my friend Amy. We were on top of our house, and this is, you can see that area there where the, the roof is exposed. Underneath that is where my new room was going to be, okay? But this was during the rainy season, so we had, you know, rain coming in. We had to move buckets around. That was one of our jobs, of putting buckets around the house, catch all the rainwater, picking up nails that were on the floor. We all had a job during this. My dad did not just hire people to come in. We lived in the midst of this construction, and we all had a job to do. But it was exciting because there was something that was coming. And yes, there's me. I thought I'd show you. So we were having fun because the static electricity of the covering, right? So we would see how high our hair could go. Yeah, this is, it was great. We had fun in the midst of it. Um, and some of us are in an area of life where we feel like, hey, we're excited about what God is doing. We can see the plan, but we know there's going to be a mess. But hey, we can handle it because there, there is hope for what's to come. We can see it. This is a different home, which some of you may not recognize. In fact, Annie, this is Annie's family home. Um, a few years ago, they had a fire that broke out into their home. And the destruction that took place in their house was not something that they looked forward to. It was devastation. It came on them abruptly, and they lost almost everything. This also may be a place that you may find yourself in, not in an exciting place of looking forward to what God has, but just feeling like so much was stripped away from you. And a lot of times when we come into the new year and we start looking back, we look back at the things that are lost. And it's hard for us to have hope for what goes forward. 
But that is what our message is about today. It is about understanding that regardless of where we are in our house, in the condition of our house, it is the same master builder who comes to restore, who comes to make new, who has that master plan for our life. And my aim here in this time is not to talk so much about outward circumstances. We all know that our life can feel like a mess or can feel really exciting um, on the outward circumstances that are going on. But I want us to go deeper today and to focus on our inner house because we as Christians are called to be the temple of God. We are. When we have, been, when we have died into his death, into his baptism of death, but also been resurrected in life in Christ, he comes and lives within us. We are his temple. So I want us to go inside today because I know that when God works there and we see the miracles of him in our heart inside of what he does in the unseen places, we also have more faith for what he can do on the outside. Amen? All right. So we're going to jump in to a wonderful section of verse um, of scripture here that I think encapsulates what we're going to be going into today. So this is Hosea uh, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. It's okay if you're angry with God right now about what has happened in your life. It's okay if you're blaming him. Yes, he is sovereign. He is over your life. He allows things to take place. But the point is, is for us to know that he is also the one that we go to. Let us go to the Lord. He is the one who is going to heal us. He is the one who is going to bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. This process that God takes us through, a lot of times we want to have that Lazarus, right? We're like dead and all of a sudden, bam, everything, we're alive completely. And yes, that happens in our salvation where we are alive in Christ now. But there's also this progressive work of the Holy Spirit in our life, that sanctification that takes place. And it is a process of reviving us and a process of raising us up. And the purpose is, is not so that we can then forget God, like we see happen so much, right, in the history books, in the Bible. But it's that we may then go live before him. He is here to heal us and revive us, to bind us up, to build us up, to restore us, renew us, that we may live before our God. And that is a beautiful thing. As we dive in to these scriptures um, and we talk about our heart, and some of you, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, hopefully, hopefully I'm going to hit some chords with you today that you are not going to like, <laughs> I'm hoping. But in that, let that be a sign of the place that God wants to bring new life into your heart. In Ezekiel 36, it says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you 
and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. As we go into some of these, the letters of Paul um, to the Ephesians and Colossians, I want you to guard against the temptation to go towards behavior modification or just outward works, okay? Because this is about having a new heart, a heart of flesh that is sensitive to God and his work so that we are moved and, and want to and drawn to and desire to follow his ways, Okay? It's not about changing the outside when our inside is a mess. Does that make sense? Okay. So Paul's letters, we're going to focus in two areas. And by the way, these are the two. You are going to have some homework this week because I believe our Christian walk is not just because we lived out in the scriptures on Sunday. So Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3 are going to be the two chapters that we're going to be focusing on. And they overlap a lot. There's a lot of the similar things that are going on there. Um, Paul wrote these um, during his first imprisonment, um, most likely when he was under house arrest in Rome. And there were some things that were going on in the churches. Um, with Ephesus, he was really wanting, there it was an area with a lot of commerce, a lot of things that were going on there. Um, and he, in the first part of his book, he really emphasized what it meant in that death of us dying to ourselves right, and being baptized in Christ, but also living in the Lord. So that, is, that comes before we dive in. So if you are not a Christian today, if you do not know what that resurrection, that new life looks like, some of this may um, kind of hit you a little bit. It makes some sense, but some of it may not. If you have questions about what we talk about today, please come see me. I will be hanging out afterwards. I want to help you understand what that means to be a Christian and walk through that. Um, and then the letter to the Colossians, there was some heresy going on in that area. They were taking the deity of Christ and minimizing it. Well, we can't walk out this Christian life and make it natural, a natural way of living just with good morals. We can't do that. And so Paul wrote that letter to help address that and lift up the deity of Christ and understanding what that means then in that partnering with the Holy Spirit in with our own life for us to be able to walk out this Christian life. We can't have this spiritual life without connecting and understanding that Christ is God. Okay? All right. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Paul is urging them, he's urging us to live out this call of who we are in Christ. We are a new creation. We are meant to have this temple of God that is beautiful, is strong in Him, worships Him, shows who He is. He came in the flesh to show us who he was, and then he gave his flesh into our spirit to show the world who he is, right? So if we're not living in that part, like the reality is, hey, no, this we're supposed to. This is the life we have in him. We're supposed to live in that manner worthy of the calling that we've been called into Christ with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I don't think anybody in here is going to argue with me that these are great 
Christian virtues, right? Does anybody want to argue with me on that? No? Okay. So we all should, as following Christ, we should be living in these things. We're going to say, yes, I understand that. I know that. That's the way that it should be, right? The thing is, this is me. Maybe it's you too. (laughs) When my outside world starts to crumble down and be destroyed and look like that house out there, my inside world has a hard time staying here. All these other things start coming up inside of me. All the old self, the old way of doing things. They, they are tempting. They taste good. And I start to go after them. The Lord says, right? He says, now this I say and testify in the Lord, as Paul is speaking here, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do and the fertility of their mind. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. When things start going on in our lives and we start getting afraid or selfish, or take things into our own hands to live our own way, our heart, it's like we're suffocating parts of our heart from the blood of Christ And it starts to kill off our sensitivity to his spirit and the life that we have in him. Remember the verse that we read from Ezekiel? He is the one that gives us that new heart. He is the one that restores us and revives us. I'm sorry. It says, They have become callous and have given themselves over up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Guys, when we start living in a wrecked house, inside, outside, we start going after things desperate to find some kind of relief or some kind of joy or some kind of moment of pleasure, that is when we are in danger. We run after those things and we run away from God when really we should go, come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn us down, that he may heal us, that he may bind us up. That is what we should be doing. Paul goes on, he talks about the different things that are going on, like um, stealing, right? Being dishonest, tax time is coming. Make sure you're honest, right? Um, These things, right? We start excusing. No, it's okay to have these behaviors. They're okay. They're acceptable in the world. It's okay for me to be prideful. It's okay for me to be greedy. We live in a society that makes these things okay, but we are called to no longer live like that, right? Because we are to be part of the kingdom of God and live as he does. It says, but this is not the way you have learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him. As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires. This here is where that tension comes in for me, because a lot of times we can come into this life of Christ and say, you know what? It's all by God. It's all by his grace. Yes, it is. But he also has a prerequisite for us. A lot, the promises of God say, if, if they will return to me, if they will humble themselves, I will heal them. Right? So we do have a part in this. 
We can't just wait for this work to take place by the Holy Spirit. He has given us everything. The master planner already has laid out the blueprints for us. And he already has this vision and this this understanding for us to know of our life in him. And he has it. We can trust him to do it. But we are also in that house. He calls us to pick up the hammer, to help with the demolition, to help pick up the nails, to make sure no one's fallen in the trenches. Right? He asks us to put the buckets under where the rain's coming in as the demo's happening. We have a part that we need to do in this process. God did not create robots. He created people with free will. And the beautiful, most precious gift we can give him is our will yielded to him so he can do this work inside of us. But we have to partner with him. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We have a master builder and planner for our life. He wants full access to our house. He wants us to partner with him in it. Taking off the old and putting on the new. Speaking truth to one another. In our anger not to sin in it. Doing honest work. He wants us to not have corrupt things coming out of our mouth, but things that lift each other up. He wants us to put away bitterness, anger. He wants to take those things and have them dead. As we're, we're going to take just a short break, I really do want to see how the kids are doing. Do you want to see how the kids are doing out there? Yeah? Okay, all right. Can we get some live feed to see what they have done with their space out there? Ooh, hi. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, there it is. Wow. Hey, I'm, in, I'm impressed. That is so, Paul, you're so great. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. And I know they're not done yet. So we'll come back to them a little bit. Looks like some cool things are coming back in. I love it. Thank you. You can go ahead and come on back here. That's great. Colossians 3, 7 through 11. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, slander, obscene talk from your mouths. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, I don't know how to say that, Cynthian, (laughs) slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is for all of us. I know it's hard to be honest with each other. I know we want to come to church or we want to meet with people and we want to have people come to our house and we want to put that facade on the outside of our house looking great, of things all in its place. But underneath, we could have dry rot. We could have beams that are broken. We could have a foundation that is failing. We can have a roof that is leaking. But we don't want to deal with people seeing that because we're supposed to be living this good Christian life. But we're not being honest. 
Paul talks a lot in these letters about being truthful with one another. Our Christian life, it's not just about you and God. They're first. Yes, that's where it's, that's the main. But his commandment summed up was love the Lord your God, right? Serve him only. But he also said love your neighbor. This life we cannot live isolated. If you are not being honest with somebody in your life, about what is going on inside of you, the stuff that you know, instead of actually allowing God to go in and do that tough work in, you're just putting on that brand new looking tub cover (laughs) on top of the broken pipes and the the mold that's taking place because you don't want to do the work of taking out the old. It is just going to get worse. Your life will come to a point that you can't just keep covering it up anymore. And I want to tell you, if you are in that place today, that's good news. Because if you acknowledge that as I'm speaking, you see it. And I encourage you, take that next step. Confess it to somebody. Let them know what is going on in your house so that you can turn to the Lord and he can heal you and he can build you up so that you may live before him, really live Not just a false life, but the true life that Christ died to give to you. Be honest with one another. Putting on the new self and being renewed in the knowledge of the image of of its creator. This here, I want you to take a moment, okay? And I want you to think for a second, maybe kind of hard. Just close your eyes. Or not close your eyes yet. (laughs) Think about the love that God has for you. That God speaks over you life and love and goodness. That he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. That he says, all those things that you see crumbling down in your life, I have allowed them to be. Would you come to me and know that I have a master plan for you? That I love you. We will not turn to God we don't understand that he is the one who loves us more than anybody. And he is the one that has the power to heal you and to build you up. He loves you so much. What he has planned for you, you cannot even imagine. You can open your eyes if you closed them. Thank you. (laughs) Put on then As chosen ones, holy and beloved, you are chosen, you are holy and beloved. Holy not because of what you have done, because of what he has done for you. You are covered in his righteousness. You are loved by God. He is so pleased and delighted in you. Put on then. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, 
and patience. I picked up many, many, many broken nails growing up. Many rusted nails, many nails that were sticking through pieces of plywood, sticking up like this, and having to, one of the first things we wanted to do was pry out those nails so they wouldn't cause a danger and a threat, right? So I look at this and it's like taking out the old, right? But in the process of praying and going through preparing for this message and thinking about the nail and, you know, I think about the cross, right, and putting things to death, right? putting it to death, nailing those things to the cross. That's my old self, died with Christ. But God took this nail, and he made it into something else. And I went and I researched, and I, I just like, you know, I just wonder how many of these tiny little insignificant things seems insignificant on its own when you think of a whole house, right? How many does it take to build, I don't know, a 1,200-square-foot house, the house we live in is 1,200-square-foot. 12,000 of these. 12,000. Seemingly insignificant. I would love for you to take on a new meaning for nails, along with remembering, right, the nail and the cross going through our Lord's hands. The Lord showed me that we may think that these moments where we are tempted to have anger, to have wrath, or to um, be jealous, or to be prideful, or any of those things that we know are just yucky, right? We, we may be tempted to say, oh, it's just a little moment. It's not going to matter. And we don't take that moment and then decide, no, I'm going to have meekness. I'm going to have gentleness. I'm going to have humility. When we are building and partnering with the Holy Spirit, these nails— when we choose to hammer in and be meek and humble, when we choose to be patient, it's like putting a nail in a new construction. Every single time we do that, it is significant. Every single nail. Do not pass those moments by. This is what I would love for you to leave with today. Eyes to see, 2020 perfect vision. <laughs> Eyes to see. When these moments happen, when you get a choice, a holy moment of choosing life or death, most of the time it's going to happen in your close relationships. It might happen with the person on the road in the car next to you. But will you choose to put to death the old self when, you start, when it starts to come up and to put in something that is going to bind, act in love, that is going to bind our new house together? And hold it up strong. Sometimes you may hit your thumb doing it. It's going to hurt. Sometimes you're going to put that nail maybe in the wrong spot. And you're going to have to redo it. Sometimes you're going to completely miss it. It's going to take you 20 times to try to hammer that nail in. Or you might have to pry it out and put a new one in. But my encouragement to you is keep on doing what God has called us to do. Keep on believing that being compassionate. That having kindness towards people. Putting on humility. And being humble before your God and other people, being meek and being patient, bearing with one another. If you have a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. That every time we choose to do that, it is securing the house of the beautiful plans that God has for remaking this temple. 
And you know what? We get to live in it. We get to live then in that building up and binding up. He says, above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So I want you to see this now as moments where you get to choose to bind that new home, the temple of God, with love. Put to death the old and bind up the new in love. God has a beautiful home for us in heaven. He said, I wouldn't have told you if it wasn't true. I'm building, a, I'm building a home, a room, a space for you there. We have a beautiful home. We have a beautiful place. But he also says he wants to come and live and abide with us here and now. And he said he will make his home with us here. You are not alone. God is dwelling in your house, even if it's a wreck, even if it's a mess. But surrender over to him. Let him be the master builder. Partner with him. Partner with the Holy Spirit in building up the new life, putting the old to death, and bringing the new. Question for you, church, as we talk about binding. What is love? This is a, you can speak to me now if you want. Sorry, children's ministry is my background, so like, time to, you know. What have, what have you learned? What is love? Just go ahead. What is love? Everlasting. Everlasting. What is love? Patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. What is that? What's that? Action, not feeling. It's not envious. It's a choice. Sacrificial. Unconditional. love. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not seek its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrong, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Our house, this is a picture of it. I didn't want you to leave me hanging thinking that we continued to live in that house growing up. My dad tore that house down, and he got to build up a beautiful home. Um, it was finished after I moved out. I didn't get to experience this. <laughs> Rachel King actually staged my parents' house. This is what it looked like right before they sold it. Um, but it was beautiful to live in the mess, I have to tell you. When we can understand we're living in a reconstruction going on, a renewal, and you just surrender to it and enjoy it, the Lord can do great things. You may look crazy to the outside world because, you know, you're learning to ride bikes inside the house or things like that. But it is for us to have fun and enjoy God in the midst of our messes, in the midst of his construction is a wonderful thing. And he does have the ultimate plan for us. And even though I didn't get to live in this house when it was finished, I still got to really have joy over what God did through my dad and what he created. So you may feel like your house may never be finished in this world. And you know what? You're right. It won't. But you get to live and in what the work you're doing now does matter for eternity. Okay? And God has a beautiful home ready for you. And um, this is the Cuellar's home. 
the old is still being changed into the new. This is a, a picture from, I think it was, I don't know, this couple of years ago. Now, if you go over to the house, some of you have seen it. Um, it's beautiful. Her dad has redone the backyard. It's still in the process. Okay, we don't know the timing. The point of these pictures, we don't know the timing of the Lord's work or when it's going to be completed. But we can trust that he is the ma- master planner to know that he is the one who changes those old things into new and that we get to partner with him, lean on him, let him do his part, we do our part. And realize that regardless of your outside circumstances, it is what is inside of you that God cares most about. Okay? Um, and these homes represent beautiful families and things that took place in those homes, even in the midst of destruction and mess. God is in control. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has struck us down, but he will bind us up. He will revive us. He will renew us so that we can live before him. That is my message to give to you today, and I hope you take it with you into this new year. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you have given us your word, that you give us your truth and give us your eyes to see. Father, would you open up our spiritual eyes to see the the condition of the home that you have given to us, Lord, that is yours in the temple that you dwell and live in. Help us to be humble before you, our God that you have access to us to do the work that you want to do, that we would surrender over to the master planner, the master builder. And Lord, renew our understanding, renew our hope and our strength, Father, and know that you have good planned for us. Help us to partner with you, God, and to not be shy of putting on the work boots or picking up a hammer and having to learn how to use it. Lord, we thank you for your restoration power and the life you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Don't forget your homework. Right? Ephesians 4 and Colossians. Great. Okay. Make sure you read that. Good. We're going to bring the kids back in. um, And can we get some live feedback to what they created out there? How's it looking? By the way, this home. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yay! Oh my goodness. Yeah, let's bring him back in. That looks great. <laughs> This home, um, we are going to be donating this home. Actually, we um, already have a place in mind. We don't know for sure that they're going to take it, so I don't want to tell you who it is. But we are going to be donating this uh, restored home that the kids did um, to a local, um, a local place here in Newark. So they did a beautiful job. Hey, guys, great job. Okay, who is brave enough... Who's brave enough to come up here and let me ask you some questions? Yeah, come on up. 